scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And this is a special bonus episode of Open Shutters Goes to the Movies. And this is the last episode. This is not only our season three finale, but it's the finale of our series, Targeted While Out, LGBT Hate Crimes. And this is our bonus movie review of the Academy Award winning film, Milk, which starred... Sean Penn, Emile Hirsch, Josh Brolin, Diego Luna, James Franco, Allison Pill, Victor Garber, and Dennis O'Hare. Pretty good cast yeah. there, huh? It's a great cast. And um, it is a story. It's based on the true story of Harvey Milk, who was the very first LGBTQ elected official was he said it the first big eared man that sucks cock elected to public office <laughs> and uh we gotta go through it uh, it starts off where uh harvey milk played by sean penn who actually won an oscar for this role did you know that yes yeah yeah deservedly so he's very good in it so it, it opens with um with uh, well, it actually opens with some raiding in the foot of the of gay bars and arresting in the fifties and sixties. That was and actually then, old. Foot, that was actually classic footage. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah the man throwing the drink and everything. Yeah. Everybody's seen that. And then we went to then we um we go to Diane Feinstein, the real Diane Feinstein, announcing the murder of uh, Mayor George Moscone and uh, Supervisor Harvey Milk. So we get to um. The film starting and Sean Penn as Harvey Milk is recording like his memoirs and talking about what happened. So it starts off with show with uh, Harvey Milk meeting a young man by the name of Scott. What was Scott's last name? Do you remember? Oh goodness, uh, <laughs> Scott Smith. Oh, easy Scott Smith. To yeah, he's meeting Scott Smith on the uh, platform of the subway in New York City. And they kind of pick each other up and go home together. And they become very, uh... Amorous. Close. Yeah, amorous and wound up falling in love. Yeah. Something that people didn't think happened to gay men in those days. Especially on the subway meetup. So, um, they moved to, uh, San Francisco, where, um, they opened a camera store. And one of the neighbors is very, very, very anti-gay. And he tells um, he tells Harvey and 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 Scott Scotty that they're going to burn in hell. So Harvey decides, you know, and, and he's not going to be. He wanted to become a member of the Merchant Society, which was what was it like? Um, uh, a, you know, like a a club or a, an organization of all the merchants in the Castro, the neighborhood where they moved in in San Francisco, and. Um, Harvey decides, okay, what we're going to do is we are going to get our own organization together. Yeah. And how he really does it is he makes, a, he makes good friends with the unions. 
Which was smart. That yeah, was it was really smart. smart. Coors Beer at the time was anti-union. They were busting the unions. They were, uh, and so the unions, who comprised a bunch of blue-collar kind of homophobic guys, but they always voted Democrat and voted leftist because unions are, left, are leftists, you know? And so they would, what they did is they, um, he got Coors Beer taken out of all of the gay bars. The unions loved him. So several times he starts running for um, he starts running for for um, different office. He was running for supervisor, city supervisor, which is the San Francisco version of the city council. I got friend Frank Perez is doing right here in New Orleans. He's he's running for city council. I'm excited for Frank. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And and our, and our podcast Open Shutters fully, fully supports him. We fully uh, we back him up wholeheartedly. So anyway. Um, he uh, he meets a young man named Cleve Jones, who's making fun and talking about how he's moving to. He's got this new boyfriend that's going to take him to Spain, and they're going to have. He's going to have a good life, and you know, you know, just typical kind of twink stuff. I'm going to meet my husband. My husband's going to take care of me. I'm going to stay home and cook and play video games. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay home and cook and play video games while he works. And the young man, um, Cleve, decides that he um, wants to... He goes to, off to Spain, but the relationship doesn't work out. And uh, Cleve comes back, and Harvey sees him outside the yeah. office one day, and he's like, you know, he just lost him. He, he, he cheated on him. Yeah. And he said, was he good looking? He said, was he good looking? He says, well, no, he was hideous. Yeah. He was hideous. <laughs> he was just an ugly old man with a young boyfriend. And he says, well, um, he says, well, usually my, um, my, whenever a lover cheats on me and dumps me, they usually from somebody more attractive than me. <laughs> so in uh, Harvey takes Cleve under his wing, and Cleve becomes... A gay rights activist, also, yep. which they called back then. They didn't even say LGBT. surprisingly, yeah, like he became. Well, I mean, of course, we all know now, but yeah. So, 1973 and 1975, he ran two unsu- unsuccessful political campaigns, and in um, and then in 1976, he won. Um, he he lost a California State Assembly uh, seat, but in ni- finally by 1977, he he wins the supervisor election. Yes. And becomes the first openly gay man. Because then be they and they had re office. and they had redistrict the district the the areas in San Francisco, so it actually allowed where it was it was so that they were they were no longer citywide done they were done by low districts and it wasn't there yeah. his district that the hate and the cash his district was the hate and the cash which was very predominantly gay yeah and his election was starting to shift the political wave of San Francisco to the left to this day. The conservative movement uses San Francisco as an ex- as as a an example of the wrong values. Like uh, Bill O'Reilly always said, San Francisco values. You know, Fox News is doing it all the time. So the far right still uses San Francisco as an as almost like a Sodom and Gomorrah example. But anyway, we have Harvey to thank for that. So um. Also elected was a man named Dan White, who was from a more conservative Catholic, Irish Catholic, Irish Catholic district, and um, he and Harvey didn't always see eye to eye. 
they, you know, they would clash from here to here, here and there. You know, they had they had a, a, a kind of a, not really, sort of a, a turbulent working relationship. So anyway, uh, Harvey and Scott eventually break up because Scott's just like sick of Harvey's obsession with politics. And they break up and he meets another young man by the name of uh, Jack Lira, a young uh, Latin man who uh, turned to, you know, he, at first he seemed like he was kind of sweet and sort of um, insecure and everything. He was kind of shy and kind of awkward and everything like that. But it turns out he was really a sick boy. He was very jealous, very controlling, very... Um, very what, what, possessive, of, possessive. Attention, of attention and time. Yeah, and um, in the meantime, when Harvey uh, Harvey actually wins, is thanks it was thanks to his um, a, a lesbian he brought on board, played by Allison Pill. And what was her name again? Her name was um, Anne Cronenberg, and uh, she was played by Allison Pill. Who also played that really, really racist woman in that TV show Us? Remember we? That we well, yeah, and about. then also AHS Cult. She played um the 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 chef girlfriend. The the, blonde, the, the lesbian Paulson. chef. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah. this was like one of her first uh, lesbian roles, and she is a straight woman in real life. She really is a straight. Surprisingly, woman. Yeah. yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> anyway, um, she is instrumental in Harvey getting elected. So, um. Of course, uh, Diego is is causing all kinds of drama in the relationship. He's calling him. Harvey's working on some, you know, curb your dog kind of legislation or something having to do with people making their dogs poop somewhere. And he goes like, "Oh, so dog poop is more important than oh, you. I know. <laughs> oh, jeez, it is really so. Oh, so Harvey's finally just getting tired of it, and he's getting ready to break up with him. And what does he do? He hangs himself and makes it really dramatic. He has notes all over the, the stairwell and everything where he's coming up. Now, we talked, when we did the play Misty for Me, we talked about borderline personality disorder. This guy was, according to this movie, and I don't know, I hope that if any relatives of his, because I saw his Find the Grave page, and there were people that were talking about how he got a bad rap and how people, uh, you know, he's... He deserved better than the, than the image that he has today. But um, it seemed like it was borderline personality disorder, which is an illness, and which yeah. means that he's, you know, he was a, he was a sick young man. And he did he did commit suicide. Mm -hmm. I don't think he meant to kill himself. I think he, he was trying to make an attempt and he wanted to be found. I don't think he really wanted to kill himself. But sometimes people make that but mistake. But he, he, he went too far. He went too far with it yeah. and, actually, and he actually killed himself. So, uh, also, so uh, professionally, in the meantime, there, um, Dan White wanted to prevent a psychiatric house, hospital from opening in his, in his, his district. But Harvey was at first agreed with him, you know, but then he's decided, well, wait a minute, you know, like really sick youth wouldn't Because wasn't a, it focusing, yeah, it was mainly focusing on youth, wasn't youth, it? The yeah. hospital was going to be. And so he and, decided And that, that district had a lot of families with kids. Yeah. And teenagers, so it would have helped that community, yeah. Well, of course, White, he wanted, he, they, he was going to, White was going to, uh, Proposition 6 
was a statewide thing coming by a, a man by the name of Briggs, uh, a conservative senator from Orange County. Yeah, it was played by Dennis O'Hare. Played by Dennis O'Hare. Oh, my you know, goodness. Was... Who played the, 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 the bald... <laughs> Kind of trans person in uh, they called himself Liz Taylor in American Horror Story Hotel. He was in so many seasons of American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also was the um, on True Blood. He was the the king of the Mississippi vampires. He who was, was gay. He was the gay vampire. God love it. And uh, yeah, he's done a lot of really, really, really good roles. You know, we, we definitely a treasure. So anyway. Um, so uh, Harvey and Dan are having this, they button heads again. Because Dan gets pissed because Harvey changes his mind about supporting the, the, the you know, uh, you know opposing the hospital, the, the psychiatric hospital. So Dan decides he's not going to oppose, as he called it, his queer bill. Because right. he was going to help Harvey oppose the Proposition 6. So he decides, he, he, he pulls his support away from that. And um, Proposition 6, you know, after much debate, he finally, um, he, uh, they, Harvey and his, and his case is, um, is working tirelessly. Now, Proposition 6 was um, inspired by, we're going to talk about this woman. Oh, no. This thing. This is a singer. Her name was Anita Bryant. And that she's bitch. Still alive. That bitch. Anita Bryant was a first, uh, the second runner-up in the, was she the second runner-up or the first runner-up in the Miss America pageant in 1959. That you was, hate to do an obit on her. That you? was, oh, oh the I'm obit sorry. will be fun on her. Uh, Anita was, um, was the second runner-up in the Miss America pageant in 1959. It was the year that Marianne Mobley won. Who we didn't get a chance to do a obit on because we were, she we weren't doing the podcast when she passed oh, right. away. But anyway, that was the year that Marianne Mobley won, and I can and, and Anita Bryant was a singer, very good singer, and a really pretty, nice voice, and she was very very Christian, and uh, man, not very controversial for the first part of her life. Trying to sell some orange she, juice, and then she she well first she was the Coca Cola girl. Oh, it's so funny because if you ever see her Coca-Cola commercial, it's on YouTube. But she's doing the king size Coke and she's singing, and she's on the oh, beach no. with these scantily clad men, and they're singing, and she's no, singing. No, no, it's the gayest commercial I've ever seen in my life. Oh goodness! And she's at the center of it all. No. So then she goes on the um. She then she gets hired by the Florida Orange Commission oh, and becomes a spokesperson <laughs> for. For uh, Florida Orange Shoes, and at the time her career was, you know, she she had a few top uh, pop hits like uh, "My Little Corner of the World" and "Paper Roses." Ironically, both of these songs were covered by Marie Osmond, who is a gay-friendly Mormon and has a lesbian daughter. <laughs> Where? <laughs> huh? Where? <laughs> I think we like Marie better, don't we? Oh, who doesn't like Marie? <laughs> we like Marie better than either. So Anita uh, has, a, you know, she's with the Florida Orange Commission. She's singing at conventions. She's doing. She used to come to the summer pops here in New Orleans. It was a, a summertime series of concerts that uh, they had different little singers that may not may have been a little bit tiny bit past their prime, but they still had their fans, like Anita was at the time. Yeah, you know, she her hit days were behind her, but she was still on the concert circuit. 
She was singing for uh, for President Johnson. She was his favorite singer. She had President Nixon and, you know, all these, you know, all, all these presidents. John F. Kennedy, you know, John F. Kennedy. She loved John F. Kennedy, which proves she was kind of liberal at one time, if that's the case. Anyway. Or was it just whatever man was in power? No, 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 no. She was, she was very supportive of President Kennedy, and she was very supportive of the Civil Rights Movement, too. But then she changed it all later. Well, what happened is, is, uh, what started this all is there was a, there was an ordinance in the gay right, a gay rights ordinance in Miami-Dade. Yeah, Miami-Dade. In county where she lived. Because at the time she was living in Florida, she was an orange juice queen, and she, orange juice from Florida was her, yeah, she was the orange juice queen. And she, um... Her, she, she, she got her religion. She got this, uh, this really weird idea that if gay people have rights, that they can recruit our children. And she started an organization called Save Our Children. It started opposing this gay rights ordinance, which kind of baffled people because everybody loved Anita Bryant. She was the sweet. She was America's sweetheart. It would be today like. Um, Who's like a really America's sweetheart that has a very wholesome image today? Not Taylor Swift, huh? But Taylor would never have done that. No. Taylor but somebody, somebody with a really wholesome image. Let's say maybe somebody from the past. Let's say Karen Carpenter. She had that kind of image. Like Karen Carpenter or, um, or uh, like, like Marie Osmond. You know? I don't even want to compare, though, because none of these people. No, because nobody comes to, comes to this. Because nobody Ugh. would do this. So she um, she starts opposing it. She starts an organization called Save America's Children, and she has this really twisted logic why behind why she's behind this homophobic cause. She says because um, homosexuals can't reproduce, so they're going to recruit our children. Well, it turned out there was a another organization called Save Our Children, and they saw that you know they saw that she named this. And they said, no, 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 bitch, you are not using our name to spread hate. And they sued her. So she had to change her, the name of her organization to Save America's Children. So anyway, she um, so she starts saying some really, really stupid things, too. I mean, really stupid things. Like, if, if, you, let, if you let homosexuals have rights, then you've got to give rights to people who have sex with animals and people who have this. And, and I'm like... No, you can't take anybody's rights away. Unless, you see, your rights end if it hurts somebody else or imposes on their rights. Right. But a a, a gay person being able to keep their job or being able to to live in their house, buy a house in the neighborhood they want to buy it in, or just being able to, to, to live the American dream, trying to deny someone of that is beyond insulting beyond wrong. So Anita goes all over the country now trying to stop these gay rights ordinances all over the place, but it backfires on her. All of conventions cancel. President Carter won't have her at the White House anymore. President Reagan gets elected. He won't have her at the White House anymore. She loses, and the Florida Orange Commission fires her. So by the, by the, and her and her husband divorce. She has one bad luck thing after another happened mm. in here. 
So anyway, um, Anita spearheaded this. She's the one who started this with Jerry Falwell and all the other people, the far right, religious right. She brought all that to, to a head. And the, the anti-gay movement of the 80s that was fueled by AIDS. Yeah. So anyway, she said, so, you know, this uh, Senator John Briggs, a conservative senator for Orange County. Oh, yeah, going so back to the 70s. Proposition yeah. 86 to ban gays and lesbians and anyone who supports them from work in California's public schools. So in other words, if you have a gay brother, you can get fired from, from a, a school job just by association. It's bad enough to want to bar the gays, but you want to bar any of their family or anything. Well, yeah, and here's my thing. If y'all want to think that this can't happen, just look at the last decade what happened in Russia. Laws similar to this or actions similar like this did become a reality in Russia. Yeah, Russia and with Nazi Germany, too. But we're talking about just in our own time yeah. right now, in the world now, this has happened to people in Russia. And it and it is actually not just that they just they didn't just target gays and lesbians who were like teachers and things and people. They tar they targeted anybody who was and who anybody who supported that would put any propaganda out that was that they felt was propaganda to promote the um, LGBT plus lifestyle. So just to put that out there, we just th- if you're thinking, oh, this was in the '70s, this couldn't happen. Maybe yeah. think about it could happen. <laughs> there was a um, okay first okay it's a post war. There's a prose a pro, uh, post war prose called First That Came. And it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is. I'm, I'm going to read it to everybody. This is. Um, first, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I didn't, did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I didn't speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. I didn't speak out because I was not a Jew. And then added to it later, then they came for the blacks. I didn't speak out because I was not black. Then they came for the gays. I didn't speak out because I was not gay. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. That was, uh, Dear Abby used to always, um, always publish that every year. Now, so, uh, so they, they was, he was starting this, and it loses big. They wound up real. They they they, they for, for one thing they didn't realize that L.A. was as liberal as they are. They won a few little counties like Orange County and a few little things like this. But Santa Barbara, L.A. County, Ventura, Ventura, everywhere, especially in the, in the northern counties like in San Francisco, and even Carmel by the Sea, which was Clint Eastwood's, yeah. which was probably misty for me, uh, was against it big time. So that never happened. But they still, we still had long-term effects of that because it gave us people like Jerry Falwell and other people that, that would, um, and, and Jimmy Swagger and other far-right Christian people that wanted to bring... Which, as they moved into the yeah. 80s, really, it became a dark hour yeah. during the AIDS crisis. Yes, it did. And during the AIDS crisis... It had a lot of people. Yeah, the religious people were not kind during the 80s. No, and you know, and neither was the president, unfortunately. So anyway, um, so Harvey and Dan are having some bad uh, problems, and um, 
They're button heads again. And, uh, he asks for, um, after he asks for the supervisors to get a pay raise, he doesn't get much support, so he resigns from the board. He resigns from the supervisor's board. Then he changes his mind and wants to get reinstated, and Mayor Moscone says no. And that's when he pulls the gun out and shoots him. And then he goes and he shoots and kills Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk became somewhat of a martyr to yeah. the gay community, to the LGBT. He's still, he's like our JFK, isn't he? Now, um, I would say, yeah. <laughs> now, this is, this, 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 is, this is a bag of nuts right here. Let me tell you about this. Dan uh, goes to trial and is charged with murder. He murdered the mayor. He assassinates the mayor, and a and a city council and, and a city councilman, a, a city yeah. supervisor, and he gets a very very uh, small sentence. They they get it reduced to manslaughter because they use what they called the Twinkie defense. Oh yeah, that he had a chemical imbalance due to eating all kinds of junk food. Give me a goddamn break. He had a chemical imbalance because they got the, the Twinkie. Def- give me a goddamn break. That was the dumb Twinkie as defense. Fun. Yeah. So anyway, um, he he would he get something like he winds up serving like five years, and when he gets out of uh, he he gets out of prison in 1984, and a year later, you know, his wife had left him. His family wanted nothing to do with him. He he became such an outcast. He winds up killing himself, and. Um, Harvey is now a legend, and Dan White is a he's a pariah, basically. Yeah. And well, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I want to ask you a few about a few of the performances in this film. Uh, would you go to Sean Penn and his Oscar-winning performance? Amazing. Like honestly. And and I and I think there was if we look at think of Sean Penn, there was no other time in which he could do this because. This was coming off of where I think mentally the 2000s was very transformative for Sean Penn. Actually, it was the 90s. It was, was really transformative. Cause he, no, uh, no, no. But the 2000s was where we see where he, um, for the earthquake in Haiti, what he did yeah, he for, came from Katrina. from Katrina here. He really got a sense of humanity. And I think he changed... We've seen a lot of his views became really about humanity as a whole about caring about the greater good which is a lot interesting that he plays harvey milk not just we're talking about because harvey milk is you know a gay hero to people in the community and a an icon but the fact that if harvey if you look at him was a humanitarian yeah of all people that's the funniest thing is because he was a he was notorious, infamous for his homophobia when he was married to Madonna. He used to always yeah, call her friends fags and, and stuff. And I'm not saying that that was right, but he was young, and there, and and that's one thing in the in 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 the LGBTQ community, we have to know when to forgive. People are young; they make yeah. dumb choices. Yeah. If they can show us, they can change. If they, want it doesn't mean that you have that to forgive. forgiveness. If they were a Nazi when they were 36, come on, you can't use youth as. A, no, no, no. If they're truly evil. But if they did some things, we need to be able to find within ourselves to be forgiven. You know? If they could show think, a real remorse and a real 
change within themselves for humanity, we need to be respectful of I that. think a lot of happened a lot of it had to do with his wives. I mean, you know Madonna's so in your face with everything. And Madonna was probably so in in, in your face with the gay stuff that it just aggravated the hell out of him. But his second wife, Robin Wright, was much more she she was just as gay friendly as Madonna, but she was much more um she was a better, a much better role model, better inspiration. But you also have to look at also if he was in the celebrity thing, not just him being young, but also thinking of where Hollywood was in the eighties, whereas compared to where Hollywood moved into the nineties and two thousands, I think he probably ended up with more friends over time that were part of the LGBT plus community, and it took it showed him okay, these are humans. These are people. And that's, at the end of the day, that's all, what's interesting, we're talking about Sean Penn, but that's all that Harvey Milk was trying to do back then, was make sure that people recognized that members of the LGBT plus community were human. Yeah. Um, moving on, what about Emil Hirsch's Cleve Jones? Shockingly, I got to admit, that's probably the best when you see, like, actual... The actual old photographs of Cleve Jones, and then look at the actual makeup and, and co- Hirsch, he is yeah. probably the best cast of everyone. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I, I thought he was wonderful. I he, thought he was. Would you consider he was the best choice? He uh, was a great choice. He, he was. He was the best transformation. I yes, see what that's yes, what you're trying yes. to say. Yes. Um, about Josh Brolin as Dan White. I have to admit that was actually. I actually know it seems weird, but I gotta give him credit. He actually did that role in such a... It, it was impressive because there was these little nuances, these little, like... I, I look at how people do their body language when they act, the little, the little facial quirks he does. He really conveyed that character. I yeah. if you noticed that. Yeah, part. he did. He, yeah. yeah, he obviously did a lot of research. He did his homework. Okay, Diego Luna is Jack Lira. I know that his, he didn't have as much screen time, and the, the character was really over the top. Did you see a little overacting there, or did you think that he did a good job uh, with it? There were parts that were good. There were parts that were overacted. I hate to well, put something down, but but then again, I don't know because... They, I, the most... The most uh, but the you only have had, so much screen time that they might have had to do that. But for when they health first reason. meet and he spoke his own and he's giggling and it's like it's, it's almost like why would they why would you even want to see this guy again? <laughs> is, you know, he's just <laughs> so he seems he, he's, it's almost like he's trying to tell us that the guy's a loser from the beginning. Yeah, and what's really insulting is that I looked a lot like he did. <laughs> you did wait, you did cheat. Wait, y'all gotta understand. Barry actually showed me an old photograph from him from the seventies. Yes, it, it was. It was. It really did look. It was like uncanny. That. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw this movie years ago, I went, "Oh fuck!" And look at the character that he's playing. You might have to post that old photo up on the. Uh, I might post it Facebook on I might, I think I'm gonna Twitter. T- I think I'm gonna tweet it to everybody. Y'all gonna get to see. Y'all gonna Get to see seventies Barry, y'all. Get to see Barry seventies Barry. Yes. Oh, uh, now for James Franco is Scott Smith. It was, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, the only thing I'm going to say though is I've seen James Franco and other things that deal with the same time period, so it's kind of 
I don't know. James Franco has this little thing where he's starting to do this little. Well, of course, I don't know if with some different things he hasn't got a whole lot of roles because some things sort of he has some weird little stuff out right now about him. But he was doing with you look at the dudes and you look at that. I think he finds this little thing where he likes this little character role of the seventies and eighties. And there's a lot of the 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 winking and and mugging and everything. So some of it was a little bit. Like, having seen the Deuce and seen this, and, and now looking at them both comparing, it seems kind of like one note just done in different... Okay, what is your review on his butt in the swimming scene? Nice, huh? Uh, yeah, nice butt. Yeah, nice butt. But then you find out James Franco really has no shame. Yeah, really. But, you know, he has a great line in there. He does. By the way, I pissed in the pool. <laughs> Because they were going at the house. Oh, this little top gays. Of the owner of the, the top gays. The yeah. advocate, you know, like the, the, the gays. Some A-list gays. type, yeah. yeah. And what was um, uh, Harvey's opening line for every speech was, uh, Hi, I'm Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Which yes. is what they used to, you know, just like Anita Bryant saying that you know, we're trying to recruit the children. Well, Anita, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you know this by now. Nobody chooses to be gay, and nobody can recruit someone to be gay. You either are or you aren't. That's the way it is. And, I mean, I know there's this pansexual movement and all this other kind of stuff. There may be some choice there, but still in all, I don't think any of that. I don't think anybody who's like a true dyed-in-the-wood heterosexual can have sex with another person of the right. same sex. And I don't think that anybody who's a true dyed-in-the-wood homosexual can have sex with the opposite sex. I do think there's... I right. believe in the Kinsey scale. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you can't recruit, but one thing I did... Okay, now you do bring up one thing and one characterization of Harvey Milk that was in there that if that was fully accurate, and I can't know if this is fully accurate about Harvey Milk's life, but in the movie, um, Sean Penn, and there's a scene where he's got the whole group there of the different people working with the camp and all. And he's saying that we need to get every gay person or LGBT out. Oh, yeah, yeah, and out of I yeah. didn't agree with that. No, I don't agree with that. That is a personal psychological exactly. moment for people. And even though politically I see where he was thinking, oh, we need... He needed people to know that they all knew a gay person. Okay, that's fine and dandy. I think you should... So if you know a gay person is close to you, you should be supportive of them. But what I didn't agree with him, with the character, and whether Harvey Milk actually did, that was the only thing I have, issue I have, if that was actually true, was that you should never force somebody to out themselves so mm. if they should do it on their own timetable that they feel comfortable enough. I never did believe in outing people It is a now. personal process. That's the only thing that I had any issue with. Well, you don't know what a person's personal situation is. That's why I say it's a process. Be, they could be living with their parents. Exactly. They could be risking being thrown out in the street. Yeah. They could be... It could be dangerous. They could be living somewhere... And they... And they conveyed it like remember the thing with the the, the young guy from Minnesota yeah. that one situation he was a disabled gay person and he was in a wheelchair yeah and so for him he it's not that he couldn't get away but it's a lot to overcome because he's at that time and I'm not trying to say that yeah he maybe he couldn't have gotten away but it's not to say oh my gosh. In his mind, he doesn't feel limited. Yeah. Not that any disabled person, I, I understand, because 
I have some disabilities. Nothing. I mean, I'm not in a wheelchair at this time yet. I mean, hopefully, I have time. But if 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 so be it, I'll deal with that. But I felt for that young man. How do you feel about that? Yeah, thing? I agree. I, I I thought that that man, that young man, he had he didn't really have a whole lot of choices. He didn't know, you know, he where could he go if the parents threw him out? Well, he he would be on a on the corner with a sign. I mean, what else could he do? Okay. Um, what about Allison Pill as Ann Cronenberg? Excellent. I have no. No, she's excellent in this about everything she does. They actually that was actually that was. I feel like I know this is gonna seem really weird. I know how we talked about um, how uh, the character of Cleve was a good choice on the casting. Yeah. I felt like Allison Pill though was a good choice. For some odd reason, you know how somebody feel like they they match the aura of a person when they yeah. showed the photograph of that Karen Cronenberg, the yeah. actual real photo. Yeah. Her aura and Allison Pill's like. Because at first I thought she was too They don't look the same, but the aura is the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. At first I felt like Allison Pill was like maybe a little too young for that role. Because she looked, she was so young, she looked very, very young. Well, the the only issue is the woman had a little bit slight more, uh, say a little bit darker features than Allison Pill, which maybe they could have done a little slight better job on the makeup, the eyebrows and things like that. Yeah, and the wig wasn't that great either. Yeah, because I looked, the woman had actually better hair. Yeah, the wig was kind of... So there was was hair and makeup work that could have been done. And uh, Victor Garber, well, his role was really kind of, as as Mayor George Moscone, his role was really small. It came off a little flat, too. Yeah. and Which uh, is sad because the actor's really good. Now, this is a great one. Dennis O'Hare is Sean, Senator Jumberg, an openly gay man playing a homophobic senator. I was living for it. it was, <laughs> I wish he would have had more screen time. I really do. It he was, really is. He really is. It was wonderful. deliciously cringe. Because I'm looking at this. I love this. And I'm I know thinking, it sounds weird. To say that's that deli- Liz Taylor from American Horror Story. Is that a good term? Deliciously cringeworthy? Is that a good yeah, term? Yeah, that's a good term. That's a good phrase. That's where I, I loved it. And I was like, ooh. Now, um. Uh, Bilka did really well at the box office. It was uh, the it made the ten top ten box office on its opening weekend, earning one point four billion in thirty six theaters, and it's more than doubled uh, its production cost of uh, twenty million. And um, very very good Christ, um, a very very good um, uh, critical reviews, and even. Uh, Christianity Today, an evangelical Christian periodic, gave it a positive response. It stated, Milk achieves what sets out to do, tell an inspired tale of one man's quest to legitimize his identity, to give hope to his community. I'm not sure how well it will play outside big cities, or if it will sway any opinions on hot political issues, but it gives a valiant, empathetic go at it. And that's from Christianity Today, an evangelical um, thing. Uh, but, but more importantly, I think, I mean, it's not about whether we can... I think for, it was a good reminder for the younger gays or ones like myself who were born after Harvey Milk's assassination. It allows us to say, hey, there were people championing long before the causes. And we need to know our heroes. We need to know our icons. And on the Academy, it, it had uh, re- it received uh, eight Academy Award nominations, yes. including Best Picture, 
and it won two for best screenplay and best actor for Sean in the lead role, yep. Sean Penn. Okay, so uh, we, we, it's time for us to give it a little open shutters rating. How many shutters you give this? I want to give it five, but I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to give it four in a third store. I'm gonna I have some issues with, with a little bit with the makeups and the casting. Yeah, as a, I'm, I am going to give it four. Just four shutters. It was, you know, it, it was good production, mainly for the acting, all of the acting. I mean, you said Victor Garber's um, uh, performance came a little flat, but he's not in much of it. Oh, and, I'm not saying he was a good. I think his problem was how it was written. And I did. I wasn't really in love with Diego Luna's Jack Lira no. performance. He 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 just seemed a little bit over the top, and it seemed as though he was trying. Like in the very beginning, he was trying to convey the fact that, I mean, they, they, I think I actually think the script was a little bit mean to that character. It did. It did play that. It way. made him out to be really like shrewish, and maybe he was in real life. I don't know, but it it, it wasn't flattering at all. It was, uh, and it looked like Diego was really going out of his way to 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 uh, project that negative. About the character, and that the when, when the character kills himself, you kind of laugh, you kind of say, "No good, he's gone now. I don't see him anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, it was really that. I don't know, say that, but it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, this is a uh, this is our season three finale, yeah, and it's also the uh, finale of uh, LGBT crimes uh, targeted while out. LGBTQ, God, they keep on adding letters to it, and then they add a plus to it. And I just can't keep up with it. Hate crimes. Now, um, now, next one is what, what, what we doing next. Our next series is going to be called "Death on the Open Road: Highway oh, Homicides." Yeah, and we're actually going to be starting. We're actually uh, not going to have a regular episode this week, but we're actually going to start next week. We're going to have a regular episode, but before that, next week. We're going to have a special kind of movie review we haven't done before where we're actually going to compare an old movie with the newer remake. So we're actually going to look at The Hitcher. Oh, yeah. They're both uh, The Hitcher from 1986 uh, starring C. Thomas Howell and uh, Ruka Hauer and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, and so then- hopefully by the end of next month we are going to freak y'all out enough to where you're going to be afraid to hit the highway. <laughs> and then the Hitcher, uh, what is it? Enjoy our road trip. <laughs> uh, stars Sophia Bush, Sean Bean, Zachary Knighton. And um, that way we're going to be comparing the two. And uh, we, um, now next week uh, on our, our new, uh, what would you call that? I'm looking for the, the, the list here. Okay, here it is. Uh, the death on the Hopin Highway. Our first uh, case is going to be the Indian River County murder, where a woman is uh, stopped by a state trooper in the Florida Highway and raped and murdered. That's going to be our first case. And we have a lot of great cases. And we have a lot, a of, lot great of great cases. To follow, a lot of movie reviews. Open Shutters is going to the movies a lot. I was thinking about spinning it off, but I kind of like having it all in one podcast. That gives us a lot of content. So anyway, uh, Creepsters, um, uh, thank you for listening to our third season. 
we have like a we have this and we have like a little bitty break and we're probably not going to do anything until later next week but uh, you know and one of the things too I just got another job Oh, yes. It's at a specialty store. I'm not going to say what kind of specialty. Oh, come on. It's <laughs> Well, it's what I did before. I'm going to be working in an adult video store. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so it's a part-time job because I am semi-retired. And, you know, stimulus stuff and all that's running out. So this creep sure has to get back to work. <laughs> so, anyway, until our season four opener... Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Anita Bryant. You can hit every goddamn branch of the orange tree on your way down, bitch. <laughs> and make some blood orange juice on the ground. <laughs> uh, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>